Welcome to Central Coast Voices, a program addressing the ramifications of change in our communities and beyond, and how today's choices will impact tomorrow's community. This program is a project of Action for Healthy Communities, and it's provided in part uh, with collaboration with KCBX and the Community Foundation of San Luis Obispo County. Today's host, Lotta Murdy, will speak with representatives from Central Coast Women's March organizations, and they'll discuss how their continued work supporting, advocating, and empowering all women everywhere, uh, as well as provide information on upcoming marches, too. You're invited to listen, learn, and participate in our conversation today, Thursday, between 1 and 2 p.m. You can call in and be part of the discussion at 805-549-8855, or email your questions to voices at kcbx.org. And while we can't put you directly on the air with Lada and her guests, we will make sure that your questions are relayed to our panel today. So now, let's join Lada and her guests. Over to you, Lada. Thank you, Brad. Seven years ago, very soon after former U.S. President Donald Trump took office, people across the world came together to march in support of gender equity and human rights, not just in support of keeping the rights they had at the time, but also in support of advancing rights for all people who identify as women everywhere. The International Women's March Movement was born. Here with me today to talk about what the Women's March Movement has meant for California's Central Coast are Pam Gates, volunteer and member of the Core Collective, or in Spanish, Colectivequi Central for Women's March Santa Maria Valley, Patricia Solorio, a founding member member of Women's March Santa Maria Valley and associate director of the Fund for Santa Barbara. Philippa Bisou, board member of Women's March Santa Barbara, as well as a longtime public radio producer and a transgender advocate. And Michael Lynch, founding organizer of Women's March Santa Barbara. Welcome, Pam, Patricia, Philippa, and Michael, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yes, yeah. thank you. So I'd like each of you to take us back seven years ago, and I had to count, but because this is in January, <laughs> I believe it is actually seven years. So take us back seven years to 2017 and the founding of Women's March nationally and internationally. What did that mean for each of you, not only personally, but as a local community advocate. Patricia, would you like to start? Uh, sure. Uh, I think that, um, well, it was just like a, a, a pail of cold water and a, 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 a gut punch to, to actually um, know that, that uh, our former president was elected, you know, that 45 was elected. And even uh, just the day after the elections here in Santa Maria, we, we, uh, mobilized and had um, some marches and and just just to say as a community that we were not going to we were not going to stand with hate um, and um, just the disrespect and and the continued uh, uh, marginalization and oppression of of immigrant communities uh, you know queer communities um, and, you know uh, the Middle Eastern community, just everything, you know, was on the table for them uh, to attack. So uh, we came out strong, and um, and 
you know, just had a few people standing at the corner of Broadway and Maine. And, and that's, that's kind of what started. And when we saw this national movement um, for a women's march, it was just, it was very exciting and it was, and it really resonated. And, um, and we just wanted to participate in that. Um, and so locally, uh, we partnered by we, I mean, you know, some, some folks in the community, the Fund for Santa, Better, Santa Barbara, um, at the time I was a director at Future Leaders, I reached out to uh, and partnered with the Fund for Santa Barbara, the McCune Foundation and, um, and Planned Parenthood. And we got a bus and, and uh, we recruited people and invited people to join us to go to the San Luis Obispo March. Um, and, uh, and just, it was a, an exhilarating experience to be around so many people um, that whose values aligned and uh, it rained that day, if you all remember uh, profusely uh, in Santa Barbara it, and in San Luis Obispo rather, just on the entire Central Coast, I think it was raining. And, um, and it was just uh, uh, inspiring, right? To see so many people feel um, uh, that they weren't just going to sit on their hands and, and not take anything. And, and just to see even the smallest communities internationally, there was this cute little uh, uh, story of uh, a village, I don't know, in like Switzerland. It was just, it was like a, just a few people um, that were, that just made a little trail and it was it was just exciting to be uh, part of something like that. So I'll, I'll let um, other folks uh, hop in. And I, I well remember that moment as well, participating in the San Luis Obispo March in 2017. Um, and Michael, I believe you were telling us uh, before we went on air that you you participated in is it the National Women's March in 2017? <clears throat> well, first I'll, I'll tell you what I, what I did. Then I'll tell you what I heard about. Um, um, I, 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 Patricia, I, we all had the that same. You described our joint reactions so beautifully. Um, I, I kept seeing so many people talking about where these women's marches were going to be, and. I, all my friends were going down to LA and I kept wondering who else is going to organize one. So a friend of mine, uh, <clears throat> I ran into and she, she asked me, are we going to do one in Santa Barbara? And it's like, no, not that I know of. I, I keep waiting. And she was organizing buses from Santa Barbara, not up to slow, but down to LA. And she got multiple buses, but she said they ran out of buses. They had so many people going. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, sure, you know, I'll sign up and, and make a march. I know how to do this. You know, you just sign up and do it. I didn't promote it. I, I think I, somebody created a Facebook page for us. I didn't know how to do it. And I, I said, well, you know, all right, in Santa Barbara, it's quiet. People don't show up for protests. If 10 people show up, we'll be fine. And the next morning, we had 50 people. And I was just, that's it. We've got to march. Oh, my God, we're going to have 50 people. Of course, we ended up with 8,000. But nobody knew. And all the other organizers I've spoken to since then, for, I spoke to a lot in within California. 
They said the same thing. We all got to these marches expecting what used to happen. And all of a sudden, it was just overwhelming. I heard that the march in L- in L.A., people got off the bus and literally couldn't move. They just they couldn't get to the site. But that's OK. They all stood there and had a good time. Um, so eight thousand. Yeah. In the in the first Women's March in Santa Barbara in, in 2017. Barbara. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's phenomenal. And I believe it was um, around 10,000 in San Luis, San Luis Obispo. So, um, and of course, the National March in D.C., I think, brought out millions, um, in fact. So, or around around a million. I could be, I could be mistaken, but certainly um, many thousands of people. So, and this happened quickly. This happened quickly. Um, did you want to add about that experience in Santa Barbara in 2017, Philippa? Um, let's see, I've been doing uh, public radio, so I, I always interested in what's going on progressively and, uh, in community events and kind of poking my head around. And, um, I had <laughs> only met, uh, Michael later in the year and we worked together on some workshops provided by the fund for Santa Barbara to be you know, more leadership. So I heard about it and went down to it. Um, but it, it was so packed, I just kind of watched from the side. So I really wasn't involved at that time. And uh, I was very impressed. But then I met Michael later in the year, and we were at this three-day uh, workshop. Um, I think uh, some group from Black Lives Matter out of Detroit came and led it, and the capacity building of, of uh, the Santa Barbara, uh, the Foundation for Santa or <laughs> Santa Barbara, Fund for Santa Barbara, sorry, you know, provided that, and we got to be quick friends, and then we started kind of working together on other issues and going about town and networking. So, I'm very impressed by her. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I love about um, these marches. It's just bringing folks together that maybe don't know one another, and then they start, you know, aside from building friendships, which is uh, beautiful, but really um, working working together. And of course, in Santa Maria, we didn't have a march in 2017. We we organized the, the bus uh, to, to San Luis Obispo, but quickly um, after that, um, folks said, we need to have a march here in Santa Maria. And um, folks, you know, other leaders, Luanda Lyons, Pruitt, uh, Gloria Soto, um, oh gosh, um, I'm sure I'm forgetting a ton of people, um, uh, came together and and organized um, the march for the next year, and it was quite successful. And we were very excited, and 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 I'm excited that this continues to happen here in Santa Maria, and everywhere, of course. I'm amazed at how many people and how many organizations are now participating with all of our groups. It's it's it, it didn't it wasn't always like this. I think our I think the women's march has done a lot to locally to coalesce what was a lot, very much disparate and disparate and not not working together as much. Yeah, I would agree. Um in 2016 um I was not at a march, but I was following it uh 
on Facebook and on the TV news and was just so wonderful to me at the turnout. And that was the first time I'd really seen anything like that here uh, locally. Um, Then in 2017, uh, there was... uh, I think Janet Blevins was the one and the Lompoc Democratic Party that got a march organized in 2017. And we did go down to that and we were in a field (laughs) uh, on a corner downtown, not really a field, and um, had maybe 100 people, but it was just, it was still inspiring. And as you, Patricia, and, you know, Michael have said it it was just a coming together and looking around and making connections and saying this has to continue all year long and there has to be a march every year so I it did it brought a lot of people together so this this goes to what you were just saying Pam and uh Patricia, you'd mentioned that the first that first year in 2017, there was not a march in Santa Maria Valley, but starting the next year in 2018, um, there was. And so could you and then Pam talk some more about how that moment at that first march in 2017, um, how it inspired you to to start or to join um Women's March in Santa Maria, Santa Maria Valley. Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I think that um, kind of the high uh, of coming off of the the march in San Luis Obispo, um, and knowing that we'd had significant turnout at the kind of impromptu uh, protests of of the elections. Um, really inspired us and, and, you know, the group of us just say, well, there's no reason, why do we have to keep leaving our communities to participate in, in, in progressive, uh, you know, events. And, um, and we know that there is a progressive community and we know that our community is going to be supportive of, of, um, of this movement and um, really just got to the work of, of planning for the next year. Part of that was, um, during that time, I transitioned from from being the director of future leaders to coming to the fund for Santa Barbara, uh, and uh, knowing that we had emerging needs uh, grants um, and uh, and you know grants available to folks who were organizing, and so uh, it started with just kind of meet you know meeting with a, a group of folks, uh, including you know Hope um, House of, um, of Pride um, and Equality. Um, you know, folks from Planned Parenthood um, and, and just community leaders in general and started having meetings and talking about, you know, what are the next steps um, to do, including, you know, uh, applying for funding so that we could um, really make sure that we were doing um, all of the things to make sure that we we're keeping people safe. Um, and, and, and that's how it got started. It was just uh, really being inspired um, and and wanting to bring that to our community instead of having to leave our community, um, so that was a great um, inspiration. And um, and of course, just standing on the shoulders of of uh, movement builders and activists in Santa Maria, 
um, that have been here for years, uh, right? Lawanda Lyons Pruitt has just been um, just a, a giant um, in our community um, as far as advocacy and, and organizing and uh, really wanting to um, help her, right? And, you know, help one another um, to, to create a visible movement um, here in, in Santa Maria. Uh, so I don't know, Pam, if you wanted to, to add anything and I'm, I'm in awe, I, I'm not involved in the, in the committee quite as, um, or at all, um, as I used to be, but I love that, um, that there's, um, other young people, Pam and other folks in the community who have <laughs> taken on, uh, Women's March, uh, your, yourself, Lata, um, to, to, uh, and other young women of color who have stepped up to really make this uh, 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 possible and, and to have it continue in Santa Maria. Uh, Pam, yes. I'd like to ask you more about this in a moment, but I would like to make an announcement first. I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, your Central Coast listener-supported radio station. The voices with mine today are... Michael Lynch, founding organizer of Women's March Santa Barbara, Philippa Bissou, board member of Women's March Santa Barbara, and a longtime public radio producer, as well as a transgender advocate. Patricia Solorio, a founding member of Women's March Santa Maria Valley and associate director of the Fund for Santa Barbara, and Pam Gates, volunteer and member of the Core Collective, or in Spanish, Colectivequi Central, for Women's March Santa Maria Valley. And we are talking about the Women's March movement on the Central Coast. Listeners, have you participated in a Women's March? If so, what was it like? Are you planning to participate in a Women's March again this year? Please call in and tell us, 805-549-8855. Or you can email your questions and comments to voices at kcbx.org. So, uh, Pam, right before that announcement, we were talking about what um, inspired the first Women's March in Santa Maria Valley in 2018. Um, and I know you weren't a, a founder of the march at that point, but um, were you still a participant in the march in 2018? Did you help to organize it? Uh, yes, I did help to organize it. Um, I was relatively newly retired and becoming and, and relatively new to Santa Maria and was beginning to understand some of the issues and uh, the need for progressive change. So I got involved with the planning. At that point, I just was a volunteer willing to do anything that needed to be done. Uh, just such a great group of people organizing and willing to take on the work. And, uh, you know, I, I was still really angry and increasingly angry with the president at that time because uh, rights were just being trampled right and left. And in Santa Maria, which um, has a very large Latinx majority population, um, marginalized and voices never listened to. So it was really important to bring together a lot of different groups so that 
while each group may have a different issue impacting their community, here we were all together and uh, with one voice saying, you know, we will not be silenced, we will be heard, we are watching, and we are going to keep working for change. And uh, it was just so inspiring. And that's why I stayed on for four more years, and here I am, and still loving it. Great. So now it's been seven years or six years in the case of Santa Maria. Um, let's go back to Santa Barbara for a moment. And uh, Philippa, tell us how the Women's March has changed or developed over the years, um, not just on California's central coast, but nationally. Well, I can't speak uh, for nationally other than observing much like uh, our listeners may have and everyone in the in the interview here. But I can say locally, um, it you know started as we had all uh, spoke earlier about this amazing tide of goodwill and interest and outrage that came in people in the streets. As a continued it developed not only as an annual parade or <laughs> parade yeah. <laughs> march yeah march but also rallies and we would come and respond to issues that would come up um so with roe versus wade uh you know recently being overturned we were out there right away we were able to be quick on our feet um we're don't really need to do any fundraising. We have a network of, of quite a few organizations and we keep in touch with organizations that make a difference. UCSB always has something active going on. Um, and then locally, I remember uh, Black Lives Matter was on the table quite a bit, uh, a local organization called uh, Standing Up for Racial Justice, which was, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the organization, but um, a local uh, person in town, artist, uh started a chapter and it was for pretty much non-black people to rally as allies and to show up for things and to speak about racial injustices um there was many different organizations obviously with planned parenthood but we were able to mobilize quickly uh going downtown to de la Guerra plaza or over to uh, uh the sunken gardens by the county courthouse or figure out a way to, you know, get a short rally going or a march. Um, I just found that what I really liked about it is we were able to engage into the progressive activism of the day. And not only it enveloped, you know, the Women's March uh, mission, uh, you know, political action, but diversity. And I will say that we've had so many different speakers that would show up. They were eager to see what we were doing. Obviously, our local politicians and representatives, uh, young people, especially out of UCSB and locally. So um, it's really a format that uh, continues today. Michael, do you have anything to add? I guess what I noticed is a lot of people really want to speak up and they don't know how to do it. And what I've seen happen here is people have contacted me saying, well, how do you do it? And we just 
get together and, and create something. And it's once you've done it a few times, you realize what the little details are that have to be paid attention to and you can get it done. Um, so it's been really empowering for me to be involved with all these other groups and all these individuals. So let's move forward then to 2023 now. What do you have planned for Women's March 2023 in Santa Maria and in Santa Barbara? That's easy. We're marching. <laughs> yes. We're, we're marching on the Sunday, right? Yeah, we're marching on Sunday. The 22nd. Yeah. Uh, it, we've made it, we, collectively, we've made this into a weekend. It's not just one day. Yeah, so in, in Santa Maria, we will have our rally and march on Saturday the 21st, um, which was the original date um, as the third Saturday. And um, we have some great speakers, um, and also we are honoring a number of, of what we call our four mothers who uh, were there before there was a women's march and uh, who have stayed active and uh, are just such guiding lights for the rest of us to, to keep the movement going. And so how can our listeners find out more about the Women's March events in Santa Barbara and Santa Maria Valley this year? Well, for Santa Maria, our most active, of course, is uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, so it's... Um, Women's March, Santa Maria Valley, uh, Women's March SMV. So please follow us. Uh, we're posting daily uh, on different activities um, and also uh, contacting us by email, womensmarchsmv at gmail.com. Uh, happy to reach out. We do need volunteers as well. And uh we're we're just looking forward to a really good gathering again. And Santa Barbara is pretty much working the same way. Facebook page, uh, it's um, Women's March Santa Barbara. Um, I don't think there's an I don't know if there's an apostrophe in women's when I when we set it up. I don't remember if we put the, an apostrophe in or not. Um, and then. Uh, and we have an, a Gmail account, which is actually womenmarchingsb at gmail.com. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, same thing. We need volunteers. Yeah. And. Kim, do you want to talk uh, a little oh, bit? About, and, oh, sorry. And uh, we're going to be at uh, Dilligera Plaza this time. We are going to take a short break to hear from our studio. Over to you, Brad. 
And thank you. We will return to uh, Central Coast Voices with Lada and her guests in just a moment. My name's Brad Kyle with this item from the KCBX Community Calendar. The Paso Robles Senior Center is inviting you to an event called Living Well, an older and active adult resource fair. It's happening on Tuesday, February 4th, Valentine's Day from 930 to 1130. Attendees can learn about resources, activities, and opportunities available to adults, seniors, and their family members here in northern San Luis Obispo County. If you'd like more information, visit alz.org slash CA Central Coast. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, who's in the mood for some nachos? Everyone. Well, we're serving up the history and the legacy of this iconic snack food. The story of the nacho is really a story of the loss of an apostrophe. It's nachos special. And that's the original name. That's next time on Latino USA. On the next Fresh Air, how Israel is moving to the far right. Ultra-Orthodox and ultra-nationalist parties formed a coalition government with recently re-elected Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. What does that mean for Israelis, Palestinians, Ukraine, and the U.S.? We'll talk with Israeli journalist Anshul Pfeffer, author of a biography of Netanyahu. Join us. When you're in the farming trade, moving from one farm to another is not as simple as just packing up the produce and the livestock. Luckily for us here, like there was already a barn, but we had to put up a new greenhouse. I'm Kai Rizdahl, breaking ground on a new farm next time on Marketplace. That's all ahead today on our Thursday here at KCBX. It's Latino USA from 2 to 3, followed by Fresh Air from 3 to 4, and then it's Marketplace at 4 o'clock. Right now, let's return to Lada Murdy and her guests on Central Coast Voices. Back to you, Lada. Thank you, Brad. Welcome back. I am on with Patricia Solorio, a founding member of Women's March Santa Maria Valley and associate director of the Fund for Santa Barbara, Pam Gates, volunteer and member of the CORE Collective, or in Spanish, Colectiveki Central, for Women's March Santa Maria Valley, Philippa Bisou, a transgender advocate, longtime public radio producer, and board member of Women's March Santa Barbara, and Michael Lynch, founding organizer of Women's March Santa Barbara. And we are talking about Women's March Santa Maria Valley and Women's March Santa Barbara and their upcoming events, uh, next weekend, starting January 20th, 2023. Do you have any questions about Central Coast Women's Marches and their work? Call 805-549-8855, and you can email questions and comments to voices at kcbx.org, and we will get them on the air. So before the break, we were talking about what's planned for Women's March this year. And of course, we can count on there being a march, both in Santa Maria Valley and in Santa Barbara. What else is happening? Can you give us some more specifics and details? Sure, I'd like to talk about the activities in Santa Maria. Uh, We are starting on Friday night, uh, and both of these events are in Santa Maria. Uh, On Friday night, we are kicking it off with our poster-making party at the UDW Hall uh, in Santa Maria. 
but it's going to be a lot more than just a poster mark making party. That's not easy to say. Um, because I think one aspect of, of both here and with all the women's marches, uh, education and uh, learning about what has gone before us. So we are also having uh, two members of the Corazon do Pueblo organization who are going to come and talk to us about the history of poster making and also uh, how effective it is and how to, you know, take what is an issue to you and and put it on a sign and and convey that importance to people who are uh, observing you as you march. Uh, we're going to have pizza and as with all of our activities, we always have uh, interpretation as well, uh, English to Spanish and also uh, often Mixteco. And uh, so that starts at 6 to 8.30. And then on Saturday, our rally starts at Manami Park here in Santa Maria again. And at 11 o'clock, we'll have a rally with uh, some speakers uh, going to hear from a variety uh, youth of Santa Maria and the issues that are important to them. Uh, Laderos de Campesinas, who uh, work with female farm workers, uh, a representative from a nonprofit in Guadalupe, uh, and others. So it's really, again, educating all of us on different issues that impact uh, people in Santa Maria that we may not know about. Uh, we kick it off always with DJ Suze and music, music, music. And um, about 12.15, we will get ready to march uh, with the Santa Maria Marching Band leading us. And we march uh, east on Enos to Broadway and then north on Broadway so that as we march uh, with the traffic coming south, everybody can see what we're all about. And then west on uh, Stowell and then back south on Depot. And what's so wonderful about that is uh, we open the entire street and you just see hundreds of people marching down. And uh, it's, it's just the most exciting expression of so many people coming together in Santa Maria and, and making their voices heard. So again, please, all the details are on Facebook. Women's March, Santa Maria Valley. Um, please, please join us. Great. So that's Friday, January 20th for poster making and Saturday, January 21st for um, the rally in March in Santa Maria. How about in Santa Barbara? Oh, Pam, I have to say how inspiring it is to hear all the things that Santa, Santa Maria is doing. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's amazing. I've been impressed at so much so much that I've heard. Um, in Santa Barbara, we're, we're basically doing, in a large, to a large extent, what we've done every year. Um, we are, we're having a longer rally, though, because we're going to have tabling. We're going to have a lot of community organizations represented. And so that's going to start at 11 o'clock. And we're going to have, um, we'll have uh, music and dancing. World Dance for Humanity is joining us again, uh, which is that it's just great fun. It really is. 
um, everybody gets up and dances. <laughs> and there is a dance that is available to, to be seen on our Facebook page. It's a link to, um, to learn this particular dance, which is Break the Chain. And it was created by um, One Billion Rising. It's a very powerful dance. And if you haven't seen it, you really ought to, you really should take a look. Um, and they're going to do that dance at, at the rally. I'm hoping that a lot of us will join in imperfectly as we will do it, but we're going to join. Um, and, and then we're going to have speakers, political speakers, community speakers, it's a, a few individuals telling their own story of how they, how they got here. Um, and then we march. And we'll, we'll march on State Street. And, um, and then if people want to, we'll go back and talk some more. Because I like to. <laughs> Great. And there will be tabling in Santa Maria as well. Yes, thank you. I forgot there's so much going on. I forgot to mention that. Yes, um, it's a great resource for community members to have that piece because we have local nonprofits and organizations uh, who come out and just let everyone know what what services are available. Um, and it's it's just a good resource for the community. I'd like to say um, in my past experiences, there's always people that help out when we start out uh, the rally at De La Guerra Plaza or sometimes at um, the county courthouse. But what happens is we get people who want to help. Uh, we always have a longtime um, uh, Gary Atkins. He's yeah. the sound guy for all the nonprofits in town. He's been around ages and ages and he comes out for a nominal fee he sets up the mics he plays music and then world dance for humanity puts on their uh soundtrack and everyone joins we usually have a stage that we kind of uh we, with, built. we built ourselves actually uh michael built it uh, your partner. My, my partner built it yeah and so it comes in pieces and we build that and then uh we got uh, a few of the uh People can go out and manage traffic in a very uh, passive way. We'll put on little uh, reflective uh, jerseys. We also, you know, have uh, usually a hotline to one of the police department heads, someone on a motorcycle. Oh, always. And we let them yeah. know what we're up to, and they go, great. We'll come by and check things out for safety. Um, real basic things like that. Um, and then, of course, you know, in the past, Salute Carbajal showed up and Monique Lamone. Uh, Hannibal Jackson. Uh, we've had UCSB kids come. Uh, we've had a good influx of um, young people from UCSB and Santa Barbara City College and their parents. Uh, obviously, with Planned Parenthood is usually a recurring theme in these um, uh, in these rallies and marches because of the you know the dire consequences of uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, we also want to say that so everyone's welcome to join in, be in the rally. Uh, we're looking out for your safety. Uh, lots of times, uh, at least during the height of Trumpism, there was people on the streets want to yell back. And we say thank you for sharing. And we just yeah. kind of move our plate. Uh, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, I've gotten a lot of questions in the past about safety. And um, I think it's important that everybody should know the police always know that that we are doing this. They always know our route and they are always there. Um, they don't do anything to impede what we're doing. But it, but anytime there's been a problem, they have been, they they always get in touch. They always tell me before the march. They identify themselves, so we know who they are. And you know, if you have any problems, let us know. And there was one march. It wasn't a women's march. It was a different. It was a an immigrant immigration march. And there was a problem, and we found the police, and they took care of it immediately. But the other thing I wanted to point out is we do ask everybody, should there be anyone who doesn't agree with us along the route and says something? You never know when it's going to come up. And if it does, we always ask them, please, don't argue. It's useless. And it's not going to and it's not going to get make any it's not going to help anybody if you argue nobody that whoever you're talking to isn't going to be listening but thank them because they're using their first first amendment rights just as we are and i guess I, i'll hop in and just um say that i remember when i first started participating in civic engagement in and protest here in santa maria um, I, I was fearful, um, but I, I do have to say that the majority of the folks driving by have been ultimately very supportive. I mean, very few negative reactions. Um, and, you know, I've participated in, in a number of marches just over the, over the years. And, um, I continue to be just, um, so impressed and really pleased at, at the, the level of community support. In addition to the formal support and, and um, care that the police, that our local police department uh, provides, um, they're very supportive and, and um, they've had an open dialogue with, um, with the committee as, um, as far back as when we uh, first started um, organizing. And I'm sure that that continues um, just an abundance of, of support more than I had expected. So I, I don't want um, kind of the fear of, of, you know, one or two bystanders that might say something negative to, to deter or to discourage anyone from participating. Um, it is, uh, there is overwhelming support for, uh, for movements like this. And um, so I encourage everyone to, yeah, to show up. Can I say yes. something a little bit about diversity and inclusion? Sorry, Pam. No, go ahead. Um, you know, the mission of Women's March, in a lot of ways, it it depends on locally how we decide what it what it's about. But the essence of it is to, you know, harness and share power, to be diverse, to create transformative change. Um, and as a transgender-identified person, um, which covers a wide swath of people identify, whether it's uh, a particular gender or non-genders, many of the battles that trans people have, um, you know, and the rights that they're trying to get, uh, non-minor people, um, is rooted in the same causes that 
pioneered women's rights decades ago. So we're, you know, we're in alliance with that. And that's why we are um, a part of it. And that's why many people are of much diversity, uh, and especially who don't have voices that want to have voice. That's what we're here for. And just another cog in the wheel for progressive activism to represent everybody's voices. So the Women's March is really about more than just women or cisgender heterosexual women is what I, I hear all of you saying. Um, Pam, did you want to add to what Philippa was saying as well? Uh, yes, I would. Um, and also just to give a shout out to our local Santa Maria Rex and Parks Department, who've also uh, been great in working with us. And um, that our march is safe. We have monitors who uh, are also trained. And, you know, uh, nonviolence is another big principle with all of the women's marches. Um, so we, we we do everything we can to keep it safe. But yes, thank thank you for speaking to the diversity. I, I think, yes, in the very first women's march, it was women, and that's how it was defined, although we had men and other allies join in. But uh, I've noticed, yes, over the five years, different groups have gotten a lot more vocal and are better organized and use their voices to make change. And we now, again, through education, we understand the diversity and as best we can, how one issue impacts one group differently from another, or perhaps it's an issue that I, as a cisgendered white woman, you know, has not encountered or has not, does not understand. So the, the issues, unfortunately, are many are the same, but the voices are louder, change is happening, and um, it's important that um, everybody gets together. That's always been a big part on why I've stayed with the Women's March, is that it's, it is a collective Everyone's invited to the table and every voice is listened to and, and has a part in planning, organizing, and, and doing the actual march. I'm Lada Murti with you for Central Coast Voices on KCBX, Central Coast Public Radio, your listener-supported radio station. If you recently joined us for today's show and want to listen to the entire broadcast, you can. It's available on our website at www.kcbx.org under the On Demand tab. Click on Central Coast Voices and you will find this show and many others to choose from. Today I am talking with Philippa Bissou, a longtime public radio producer, a board member of Women's March Santa Barbara, and a transgender advocate. Also with me today is Michael Lynch, founding organizer of Women's March Santa Barbara, and Pam Gates, volunteer and member of the Core Collective, or in Spanish, Colectivequi Central for Women's March Santa Maria Valley, and Patricia Solorio, a founding member of Women's March Santa Maria Valley and associate director of the Fund for Santa Barbara. We still have a little more time for your emailed questions or comments at voices at kcbx.org. 
Tell us what you want to know about the Women's March movement and its work on California's Central Coast. So this is more than just a march. There's dancing, there's tabling, there's speakers, um, there's poster making. So how does all of this uh, get funded? How do you get the materials for this and how do you put it all together? I think one thing everybody needs to know is it is not funded by the national group. It is every every single one of us, every group of, of women's marchers, we're we're separate. And we each each women's march group does something different to raise money and fund this. Well, and of course Yes, grants. Uh, the Fund for Santa Barbara has, as Patricia has said, been there since the very beginning and uh, is an important part of supporting us and uh, local women's marches. Uh, it's a rigorous process. Um, we're held to a standard and we're held accountable, and uh, that's good for any organization. Um, we've also, in Santa Maria, had um, been supported by the NAACP, uh, Planned Parenthood, Central California Central Coast, uh, the Labor Council. Um, it's it's it takes a lot of different groups to um, make these marches and rallies possible. So, if someone would like to, mm-hmm. would like to donate to support um, your women's marches, is there uh, links on the Facebook page or? How can they do that? Well, we're selling T-shirts, and we're gonna have we'll have T-shirts at the at the event. And if somebody wants a T-shirt, you can just uh, message me through the Facebook page, or send me an email, and I will personally deliver a T-shirt anywhere in within Santa Santa Barbara, um, not county, but the city area. You know, we don't really have a big overhead, uh, as far as I know. We've kind of put it together. People show up. Uh, I know if we do tabling, I believe there's a fee with the city now, but yeah, whoever have, tables can take care of that, and it's very nominal. We we have um, the we have v- different groups have offered to support different parts of it, like the sound engineer. He volunteers. Gary Atkins does it for free every time. Because that's his mission. That's how he participates. Um, in fact, one time I offered to pay him and he refused. <laughs> um, the the uh, Planned Parenthood has uh, has uh, taken on paying for some of our expenses this year. Fund for Santa Barbara has has given us money many times, um, and and then individuals. We, we count on individuals to, to chip in and put money into it to cover what expenses we do have. But most of it, it's paying for the permits and paying for the sign-making materials. Yeah, same for us in, in Santa Maria. Um, we've reached out to local supermarkets for donations of food, um, individuals. And yes, you can donate. Same thing, message us through our Facebook page. Um, that would be great. We love the support. Um, most of our expenses are to the city for setup because they have the stage and all of that. Um, and also for the police department. But, um, 
Yeah, we this year, we for a donation, we are going to have tote bags, something different this year that are available. And um, I, I one thing that I, I do want to bring up, too, in terms of funding uh, that the Fund for Santa Barbara and others have been really supportive. An important part of all of this when you have diversity is you must also have language diversity and language justice. And so that's why we've made it a priority to have interpretation, as I said, English, Spanish, Mixteco, and uh, sign language, because we want to make sure that everybody uh, feels included and also has a way to raise their voice to the rest of us. So, um, so that's that's how the marches have been funded, and um, what are each of you looking forward to most with this year's Women's March? My understanding is that every year there's a different theme. So um, maybe you could first speak to what inspired this year's theme, what the theme is for Women's March Santa Barbara, and what the theme is for Women's March Santa Maria Valley. And what inspired that theme? Well, in Santa, Santa Maria, it's uh, for all women everywhere. And uh, it just came out of brainstorming with the group. And we mean the word women to be very inclusive to anyone who identifies as a woman. And um, that that will be our main theme too. We are also using the national theme of bigger than row, so that people are aware. You know, we're not giving up on this one, and we are going to bring that law back. And in Santa Barbara, in Santa Barbara, our goal for this year is to get more people involved with more parts of the community, and that's really what we're hoping to to achieve, uh, which is mainly by having the tables and encouraging people to come early um, to visit all the tables and to, to, to see each other. You know, we've been doing this now for, what, seven years? Well, we know some of us, and some of us only see each other at, at these rallies. So it's a great opportunity to, to see and interact with our community. And that's that's what we're really trying to get people to do more of. I'd say also, um, I feel like this is one of the predominant um, rallies and marches and other marches occur with or without us integrated. And, uh, but it also brings up, I feel like there's uh, an inspiration that goes through our community. Um, you know, we had the recent, the UC workers strike, you know, we're very, we're very concerned about that. And it was great that it got uh, resolved, but it's just one aspect of organizations in town that are looking out for our community. You know, um, there's so many great organizations in, in town. And, um, you know, we uh, like to say that it's just easier just to be visible in March, but all the work still has to get done. You know, people have to go to city council meetings and show up and um, things like that. Um, but the voices, the voices ignite things, you know, for all kinds of people. I remember a, a, a young trans woman some years ago showed up and very inspiring. She just mm. came out and just let everybody have it and, and 
it's you know you can feel it in the air so you'll never know what kind of voices will be able to be um uh, released and unlocked and and uh, that vitality and that spirit and the aliveness in people's eyes come out so yeah. it's just an opportunity for uh, to ignite uh, more progressive action yeah i also want to point out i was surprised how many people don't go to a march because they don't know somebody they don't think they know somebody else going so i'm really hoping that people will become more inspired to ask a friend for one thing, it's more fun if you go with somebody that you can actually talk to because you know them well. But aside from that, how would you feel if somebody was going and didn't bother inviting you to join them? I'd feel bad. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing to do for somebody to invite them. And if they don't want to go, that's fine. But at least you gave them the opportunity. So I hope everybody will think about doing that. I hope so, too. So listeners, go to Women's March. Take a friend. I want to thank our guests, Pam Gates, volunteer and member of the CORE Collective, or in Spanish, Colectiveki Central for Women's March Santa Maria Valley, Patricia Solorio, a founding member of Women's March Santa Maria Valley, and also associate director of the Fund for Santa Barbara, Philippa Bissou, board member of Women's March Santa Barbara, as well as a longtime public radio producer and a transgender advocate, and Michael Lynch, organizer of Women's March Santa Barbara. We've been talking about the Women's March movement and what it has meant for local sisters, sister marches in Santa Maria Valley and Santa Barbara. You can learn more about these marches and their January 2023 events taking place next weekend from Friday, January 20th through the 23rd at their Facebook pages, Women's March Santa Maria Valley and Women's March Santa Barbara. Next week on Thursday, January 19th, please join host Fred Monroe as he speaks with guests Heather Newsom, Mayor Pro Tem of Atascadero, and Susan Funk, Homeless Services Oversight Committee, HSOC Chair, in addition to San Luis Obispo County Homeless Services Division Manager, Joseph Desvonik. They will discuss a new five-year plan approved by the County of San Luis Obispo to address homelessness in the community. You are invited to listen, learn, and participate in the conversation between 1 and 2 p.m. Call in and be part of the discussion at 805-549-8855 or email questions to voices at kcbx.org. Central Coast Voices has been sponsored by Action for Healthy Communities and the San Luis Obispo Community Foundation in collaboration with KCBX. I'm Lada Murti. Thank you for joining us today.